The Republicans had yet another debate this past week, and quite frankly, no one cares. As well as the FBI has been investigating a citizen journalist over claims that Hamas was on the Mexico-Texas border. And we also have AI being launched by Elon Musk on the X platform that is sourcing all of its information directly from the posts that are on X, formerly Twitter. As well as AI seems to be something that is growing into Neuralink and the rest of his companies. Why? And we're also going to talk about the magnetic field and harp that just created the Northern Lights artificially. All that and much more comes straight up. So sit back, grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever it is that you're into. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden and Chris Michaels here on the America Out Loud Network. America Emboldened. Greg, I feel emboldened. You don't know the founding fathers. You don't know what they do. You don't know what they sacrifice. We have lost touch with the principles in the Constitution. Nobody's read the Declaration of Independence. You are voting for socialism, and you got what you voted for. Welcome, Bold Americans, to another episode of America Emboldened. I'm your host, Greg Bolden, here on the America Out Loud Network, as well as all the socials. We're glad that you're back for another weekly recap with myself and my good friend, Chris Michaels. As always, make sure you go over to americaoutloud.news, where you can check out all my colleagues' work, people like Dr. McCullough, people like Paul Engel, and you can also uh, check out the 24-7 Talk Radio Network there, where you can listen to uh, great shows. You have the ability to Download that on all of your favorite uh, app devices, whether that's an Android device or an Apple iPhone. Just type in America Out Loud Talk Radio and you get podcasts like this, as well as the 24-7 Talk Radio Network. Well, let's get into it. We are live all over the place, and we're glad that you're tuning in. Chris Michaels, how has your week been, bud? It's been pretty good. I'm glad it's over. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Me too. It's been a long week. It's uh, a, a long way to Friday, as I like to say. I know, I know. It's been going around. A lot of people have been saying that they feel low energy, don't have the same kind of drive to go to the gym. Yeah, and I felt the same today and yesterday. So I don't know what's going on. Yeah, it's 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 funny. I came home and I was like, you know what? I could use a nap. And <laughs> I took a nap for like an hour and a half to about five o'clock today when I got back from work. And I was like, you know, this, this feels pretty good. And I'm still like, I'm low energy compared to the right. end. but I will be high energy for this show right now because America deserves better than low energy. Right? Absolutely. All right. None well, of that. Let's get straight into it, man. We got to talk about uh, a, a few things. Number one, yeah. I did not watch the Republican debate. Do you know why? Because it doesn't matter. Go ahead. That's That's correct. That's correct. You win already. It doesn't matter. Like, I I didn't watch it because, quite honestly, I have no interest in voting for anybody that's on that stage. No. There's nothing that's going to change my mind about that in the election whatsoever. So why am I going to waste my evening for show content? Nah. I can do other stuff with my show content because we have the power of clips. And there's a clip I want to start off the show with tonight. Okay. that my my least favorite person. Well, I have every one of them is my least favorite. But <laughs> Ramaswamy, Ramaswamy destroyed MSNBC last night and NBC uh-huh. News. All right, so let's start with that clip here 
and then uh, we'll we'll get your reaction to it, and we'll go from there. This is a this is a masterclass in how to use some logic and common sense on uh, on the left. Here it is, Swami. Let me turn to you. Uh, please make your case. Why would you? Uh, why should you be the nominee and not the former president? I think there's something deeper going on in the Republican Party here, and I am upset about what happened last night. We've become a party of losers at the end of the day. It was a cancer in the Republican establishment. Let's speak the truth. I mean, since Ronna McDaniel took over as chairwoman of the RNC in 2017, we have lost 2018, 2020, 2022, no red wave that never came. We got trounced last night in 2023. And I think that we have to have accountability in our party. For that matter, Ron, if you want to come on stage tonight, you want to look the GOP voters in the eye and tell them you resign, I will turn over my yield my time to you. And frankly, look, the people there cheering for losing in the Republican Party. Think about who's moderating this debate. This should be Tucker Carlson, Joe Rogan, and Elon Musk. We'd have 10 times the viewership asking questions that GOP primary voters actually care about and bringing more people into our party. You think the Democrats, and we've got Kristen Welker here, you think the Democrats would actually hire Greg Gutfeld to host a Democratic debate? They wouldn't do it. And so the fact of the matter is, I mean, Kristen, I'm going to use this time because this is actually about you and the media and the corrupt media establishment. Ask you the Trump-Russia collusion hoax that you pushed on this network for years. Was that real or was that Hillary Clinton made up disinformation? Answer the question. Go. Mr. Ross. This is how we get our country back. Hold on. I just got to pause on that smile and the stare down. How priceless is that? Okay, continue. <laughs> we need accountability because this media rigged the 2016 election. They rigged the 2020 election with the Hunter Biden laptop story. Mr. Ramaswamy, and they're going to rig this election. Your time is up. Accountability. Let me turn to That's Governor, Governor Christie. Why are you? So what's your thoughts Beautiful. on that? Right? Oh, I thought it was great, but it's all grandstanding. What, what does that amount to? Oh, it what, amounts to nothing. What's the purpose but, of all that? It's nothing. No. It, it's it's simply to boost himself in the polls, which you and I both know. That's all he cares about. Uh, yeah, and, and Trump is so far ahead of the game. Yeah, but this isn't even worth talking about. I, I mean, what he said about the whole um, about the whole hoax thing and everything. He's he's right about it. He's right about all of it. So, Lefty Layman, he reached out to me. And uh, he, he'd like to join us um, sure. in, in a conversation here. And I told him, I said, absolutely, we can make that happen. Uh, but he wants us to address with him why it is that Donald Trump has a stranglehold over the Republican Party. A stranglehold? I wouldn't call it a stranglehold. <laughs> <laughs> what would you call it? Most of the time, what you're seeing is the, the real voters all the people that come out against Trump, they're the political elites on the Republican side, Think, right? right? It's not because of an average Republican primary voter. They, they love Trump. And one of the reasons why they do love Trump is that he, what he's doing and his rhetoric validates all the tinfoil hat wearers that are out there. They're against me. Well, it certainly looks like they're against him. You know, look at what Laura Loomer has been doing. Uh, with following up on Judge Engeron's wife and all of her posts all across X that show that she is incredibly biased. And how did Judge Engeron's son get a front row seat in the trial with Trump? How is that even possible? He, I believe he works for a law firm. And that law firm you know, focuses on equity or some nonsense like that. Of course it does. So, yeah, right. 
So you're telling me that the judge is going to give Trump a fair trial and he's just going to allow us to, to, to stop it. This guy's a fraud. Yeah, we, we all know what he's in there for. So I think that only validates Trump's claims of I'm getting persecuted. They took your president away from you by cheating in the election. And if these people really believe that the election was sound, then let the accusers prove their case. Mm. If you've got nothing to fear, then just let them do it. Let them look like fools. And it also goes to show you how big of a threat Trump actually is. Because if any, if nobody took him seriously, then nothing would happen. They would just let him shout into the wind and ignore him. Well, people like Chris, um, they believe that Trump is one of the most dangerous things, not just to America, but to the world. And I, I've got to examine where does that come from where somebody's like, you know what? Donald Trump is uh, dangerous. Where does that come from? Yeah, like where, where the, this thought process that like he's going to destroy the world totally. Where, where does that come from? It comes from a lot of rhetoric. It comes from a lot of lies. I mean, most of this really started with Hillary Clinton and, and the, uh, the, the accusations about how, how Putin was involved in all of this. And nobody thinks the Secret Service and the FBI does a background check on the president. If Putin was really involved in this, don't you think that they may have found some kind of traces of his ne'er-do-well doings in emails and text messages? The Secret Service? You think they don't have resources along with the NSA and the FBI and the DOJ to check out somebody like Donald Trump to see if he's not colluding with Russia, whatever the term that means? So they think he's a threat, especially on the left, it's because you've got a lot of unthinking people on the left. I mean, they fell for the mandates. They fell for the shots. They fell for Ukraine. They're now falling for the next big thing. How come they can't think? You've got a lot of unthinking people. That's the problem. And they just follow with the, with the slogans. Do, do you think Lehman is an unthinking person? No. I just think he doesn't critically think when it comes to politics. Okay. I think he would disagree with that. So I'm, I'll be curious to hear him. Let's have it. Rebuttal let's, on that. When let's we get like that match. <laughs> Absolutely. I think you just lit that match. He's going to listen to this. He's going to be like, oh, guys, I am on when he's when he's off his next job. He's here. Um, so we'll, we'll have that out. Well, there's there's this blatant manipulation that goes on from the left. And I called it out earlier today and I saw that you um, reposted and saw it as well. But Brian Krasenstein, uh, he put out this post earlier today about who won the GOP primary. Uh, well, one last night's Republican debate. And here's his order. He said Nikki Haley was presidential. Chris Christie was realistic. Ron DeSantis got better. Vivek Ramaswamy too extreme. And Tim Scott, his message was bomb Iran. And yeah, Tim Scott. He should be allowed nowhere near the presidency after his comments yesterday. But if you notice this photo that's here, you have Chris Christie, who's five foot 11. You have Nikki, who's five foot eight. And then you look at those heels down here and, you know, she's probably got an extra three inches. You have Ron DeSantis that's listed anywhere from five foot eight to five foot 10, depending where you, you find that information. And then you have Vivek Ramaswamy, who's five foot eight. Um, and you have, or five foot 11, I'm sorry. And Tim Scott, who is five foot 11, uh, actually Vivek Ramaswamy is five foot seven. When I looked it up, I had to think about that. 
So Vivek looks just as tall here, probably because he's just a little bit forward. But Ron DeSantis, he is so tall in this photo. He looks like he's like uh, ready to start as a center in the NBA, but his arms look so short. And so I called out Brian and I was like, Brian, what's going on with this photo? I received no response whatsoever, but I want to point out the people here, the original photo, and then Brian's post. Notice here you have the uh, Santa's who is maybe at this point, two, three inches taller than Nikki. And here he's grown an extra foot and a half. <laughs> Why? Why are the Krasensteins in the left manipulating photos when that post would have worked with this image? Why is this happening? I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell if the Krasensteins were mocking him, just trying to egg him on, or did they genuinely, genuinely do this to try and make him look better in some way? I mean, right now, the, the Republican elite either want DeSantis or Nikki Haley, and I think they're leaning more towards Nikki Haley. So this could have been an effort on somebody in, or from somebody in DeSantis's camp to at least try to make him look more presidential. I think you brought up on the last podcast that the highest person wins. Well, wait a minute. The mm -hmm. tallest person, not the highest person. Yeah, no, the, uh, the height, height apparently matters when yeah. voting for president. Absolutely. So could they be doing this? And there was an article that came out uh, the other day that uh, – what's his name? Ron DeSantis's largest donor is about to bail right. uh, Bigelow. He's about to go over to Trump because he thinks that DeSantis is a cuck and he wants a leader. He wants somebody that's strong enough to fight against America's adversaries and so on. And he views that as now being Trump. Well, he sounds smart then. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I just I'm wondering then, can you trust anything the Krasensteins are posting if they're going to alter an image like this and then claim that they want to be taken seriously because they do have posts where they'll try the joke around, but this was clearly a, a sincere post that's being digitally altered on top of that to manipulate people's opinions. And so now I'm wondering how much other content have they manipulated photo wise? I did, reverse, them, though? I did a reverse Google image search and that image is only tied to Brian Krasenstein's account. Oh, wonderful. So they <laughs> yeah, but they what I don't get is how can you extend Ron DeSantis's legs? but not distort the rest of the photo. Oh, easy. It's uh, I, I mean, I could do that in a matter of probably seconds on Photoshop. Okay, never mind. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's you'd be surprised I, I, what you can do on Photoshop. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't understand why they would do it. I mean, other than to make it look ridiculous. Right. Cause it just seems amateurish and childish. I, I don't see the real oomph behind it. Especially if you're saying that the Krasenstein's actually did this. I mean, yeah, what's all, the point? All signs point to it. I mean, all signs right now are pointing to the Grasteens altering that photo. Um, like I said, Google reverse image search. It only links to Brian Krasenstein, which it shows the original photo linked to Yahoo News and all those that published it, uh, NBC. But the alteration linked only to Brian. And so, I mean, that has like a digital footprint within it. So I'm going to trust that that came directly from their... Uh, digital team and what they're posting. That's bizarre. That's so childish. All right. Well, I'm sorry. Like if I see that and I know that they're doing things 
along those lines. I can't, I can't take any of them seriously. Yeah, it makes it very difficult to take them seriously. Yeah. Um, and but know, I don't think they ever tried to be serious because this goes back to Rush Limbaugh. Rush Limbaugh said that he was a comedian and he used current events and politics with it for his material. It's the same yeah. thing here. They're out to make money. Yeah, but have you ever listened to them? They're not funny. No. <laughs> I mean, they don't have like their sense of humor isn't like one where it's a comedian sense of humor, right? The, the, no. It's like me trying to go. I mean, actually, I probably could do stand up with some of my, my, my <laughs> more offbeat humor that I have, but the show content that I produce, you wouldn't want to hear that type of humor that I have, right? Like, it's, yes, we would. What are you talking about? I'm dry. I'm dry and sarcastic. That's it on this show. Um, well, speaking of people that are stretching the truth, mm. there's a story that uh, got posted by Miss Sarah Fields. Now, Sarah Fields is in trouble with Harry Sisson over this whole school bombing thing. And I covered that on my show earlier this week where I took Harry uh, Sisson to school, basically, and pointed out that he's an absolute hypocrite and asshat. Um, but he did that on him, his own with the way he talked. Um, look at Sarah Fields' post, and then I'm going to get into why she's in trouble right now. She posted this a while back, and I don't follow her that closely to, to know what this was going on, but this was back October 7th. She wrote, let me see if I can pull that up a little bit larger for the audience. No, it's about as large as I can get it. I might even be able to resume that in just a little bit. No, I can't, darn. All right, so she writes, for years in Matamoros, Mexico, directly across the border from Brownsville, Texas, Hamas had a training center. Once a large factory, the building was used to train young military-aged men. Dressed in all black, these men would wait for the river to be low enough to cross over the border and legally infiltrate the U.S. for further training. Hamas has had training camps in Mexico and has for a long time. Thousands of jihadists have crossed the border and disappeared into the U.S., some given rooms and cell phones courtesy of your tax dollars. Many have been flown to multiple cities throughout the United States, including Hartford, Tampa, Atlanta, and Houston. The majority that travels into this country illegally are not women and children. They are military-aged men. America needs to wake up. Thousands of sleeper fighters are in our backyard, and the Biden administration is not only aware, they're complicit. The attack on Israel is only the beginning. Get your households in order. Now, this had 1.5 million views from Miss Sarah Fields. And Miss Sarah Fields claims to be a investigative uh, reporter, that she's the president director of advocacy for Coalition Texas, Republican state delegate, public speaker, investigative journalism reporter at Publica Now. And she's an Army veteran, which is something I did not know. My question is this Miss Sarah Fields finds herself currently in a lot of trouble. The FBI this week has shown up at Sarah Fields' home, which I think is actually pretty predictable, considering the post that she's making. I mean, if you're going to say that the FBI is shown up, which is why she has this. The FBI has been calling her October 17th, October 25th, October 30th, and yesterday, November, I think it was 8th or 9th, somewhere around there, she was called. She doesn't have a date on here. Uh, this was November 7th. She, okay, so November 6th. I'm, I'm looking at this post a little bit late, I guess. And we also have ring doorbell footage. My name is Special Agent Grant Mason. I'm with the uh, FBI office here in Tyler, Texas. All right. So if the FBI starts showing up at your house after you make a claim that Hamas is training in your backyard. Now, 
I'm not a journalist for a major news organization, but I know not to burn your sources, number one. But I also, number two is this. You don't report things that you cannot back up. And so if you're going to report things that you can't back up and the FBI shows up at your home, you're kind of in trouble. Yeah. So Sarah Fields right now is stating that she shouldn't have to tell the FBI anything. Here's my thing. If you're an army veteran and you're calling yourself an investigative journalist and you care about this country and you know something about Hamas training in our backyard, don't you have a duty to talk to the FBI? Don't you have a duty to protect America about the story that you have? You don't have to give up your sources, but shouldn't she be speaking with the FBI? Why is she taking the opposite approach? I know that you might be a little bit more skeptical of the FBI in in this case than I am. So maybe you can offer me some perspective because I'm pretty critical of her actions right now. Well, think about this. Anybody that has been critical of the Biden administration's policies has been persecuted by the various agencies and departments of the government. Uh, Case in point, Donald Trump, that's an easy one. Uh, But also look at other individuals like the whistleblowers that came out against Hunter Biden, uh, Paul MacIsaac, whatever mm-hmm. happened to him, and countless other individuals that tried to bring justice to this country. Uh, just recently, the IRS agents. Remember those that mm-hmm. tried to uh, say, you, you guys are ridiculous. You've been stonewalling this investigation to Hunter Biden's laptop. Um, so it's not surprising to me that... If she were to make that claim, the FBI would come knocking. I don't think the FBI has altruistic motives in this. I think she may have hit something closer to home, and they want to know, how did you find out about this? Or she posted that just like anybody else would post something, and somebody basically made a claim against her. You know how they SWAT people? Sure. Same kind of concept, except they're using the FBI. And it could be somebody, uh, an FBI field office that's local to her that has an axe to grind with her. I mean, we have to assume that we're being tracked and monitored and, and, and all messages and texts are being read. So it wouldn't be surprising to me if it's either one of those two options. I mean, if she has firm information that this is what's actually going on there, I'm not sure the FBI would take this kind of approach. Do you? I mean, this doesn't seem like it's earth shattering because a couple okay. of years ago, there was a sheriff in New York that essentially made the same claim and can prove it uh, against Chinese immigrants. Completely self-contained. They've got, a, I, I don't know, I think tens of acres. They grow their own food, surrounded by barbed wire, has guards. Nobody's allowed in. Um here we are. That's not too much of a different claim. And the sheriff is saying this. So I'm not quite sure why this is causing this kind of reaction from the FBI and the department of justice, unless somebody in Harry's camp knows Mm. how to pull some strings because we all know how powerful Harry's friends are. Yes, we do. 200, thousand dollars just uh to his <laughs> marketing <laughs> team and yeah. giving six thousand dollar paychecks to 20 year olds yeah that, that right. that's certainly 
Well, I wanted to see if the news media kind of picked up on the story and I had missed it. And I found that Newsweek actually ended up publishing this fact check. Does Hamas have a training center in Mexico? And so when Newsweek starts picking this up and using uh, Sarah Fields' name, uh, she put a, po a post on X, formerly Twitter. Uh, Sarah censored since feud 1.5 claim that Hamas had a training camp. And so at the bottom, they say they're unable to find any evidence that Hamas had or has a training camp in Matamoros, Mexico. And so she certainly is getting uh, some information uh, out there that's ruffling some feathers. But I guess my question is, if, you know, Newsweek puts this out on October 11th, why is it taking the FBI another two weeks basically to show up at our home and start doing this. And so when we talk about a weaponization of the FBI and all of that, uh, perhaps maybe that's where this is, but I, I'm just, I'm thinking why not talk to them, at least find out what's going on. But it sounds like she has a legal team at this point that has decided to represent her. Uh, she posted that out a little bit earlier today. So we'll see what happens. Uh, it could be. And if they're that interested in her, don't you think they would have a warrant? Just end the well, conversation I, right there. Well, that's actually why I think that maybe she shouldn't be so concerned. The fact they don't have a warrant and they're trying just to have a conversation. I mean, let's be honest. If, if I were to go out there on the show and say, guys, I believe terrorists have just come over the border in name a state, right? I put something out there and it's been happening and they've gone to this city, this city, this city. I would hope that the FBI would put that on the radar to find out if I have any additional information that they don't have. I would hope that that's what our Federal Bureau of Investigation does for a living. I would hope that it's not. They're just simply weaponized against the American public trying to get Americans in trouble. I would hope that they're trying to keep us safe. But call me a hopeful person within all of this. But to me, I, I, I don't know. We just go into these spots where everything's nefarious, and it's kind of tiring. Um, I don't know that everything's nefarious. That's a huge accusation and story for her to make. And I think it has ramifications for anybody, whether you're a journalist or a non-journalist. You can't just say something like that and expect someone not to follow up. Well, let's hope they're doing their due diligence. Let's mm -hmm. make sure that Miss Fields is doing the right thing. And maybe she will talk. I mean, it, 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 but this doesn't seem like it's that crazy to cause an FBI uh, visit. No. I mean, if you know... Alright, so if she can figure that out, then you mean to tell me that the CIA run cartels in... It looks like we just lost Chris's feed. She just, see this? This is why when you're doing uh, your recording and you're going live, you can't say things like CIA and FBI without the worries that all of a sudden your stream is going to get pulled from all the socials. We're having an honest conversation here. We're talking about how we're glad that the FBI might be doing their job. And we just lost Chris completely. He just completely uh, disappeared from the show. So I'll tell you what we're going to do here. Uh, while we get back to our technical elements and get back up and running, I'm going to take the first break right here. So everybody, uh, you're listening 
uh, to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden here on the America Out Loud Network. As always, make sure you're going over to americaoutloud.news and the americaoutloud.store where you can help support all the many sponsors of the show. They help keep the lights on at the network, and uh, we appreciate your support for them. So that way, shows and content like mine can come to you. Uh, It's very important to get that type of support, and that gives us uh, the ability to do uh, what we do, bring American First messages directly to you. We'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden and Chris Michaels here on the America Out Loud Network. We'll be right back in just a few moments. Changing the world one person at a time. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. The Natural Colon Cleanse. It's the ultimate digestive tune-up with Oxy Powder. It's crafted to alleviate the discomfort of gas, bloating, and occasional constipation. There's a reason why Oxy Powder is our number one seller. It works. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, and sleep deep. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Out loud. Welcome back, Bold American. Second half of the show. We are here. We got Chris Michaels coming back into the room. We lost him right before the end because he started to talk about the CIA and they don't like that. They kicked him right off. They're like, get out of here, Chris. Well, Chris, welcome back for glad you were able to find yourself. <laughs> I hey. completely lost all internet. So now I know I, uh, I saw we're doing the, the phone angle here. Uh, so okay. this will be fun. <laughs> I can hear you perfectly fine. The phone's working. We're 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 making it happen here. Perfect. Excellent. So I don't even remember where we were. Let's talk so about we're... AI. Let's talk about sci-fi. Let's talk about something else. <laughs> so, so, yes. So absolutely. The uh, what I was going to uh, get into next was uh, well, it's on my list actually. Gronk. Right. We got the new yeah. AI from Twitter that is supposed to uh, go through everybody's feed and learn in real time. And he used the Joe Rogan interview as an example of how it was even able to tell people what Joe Rogan was wearing on the last episode with Elon Musk based upon people's descriptions. Wow. This is scary for me that we're going to have an AI system based on Twitter users because let's be upfront and honest. 
there's a lot of really nutty people on Twitter. Oh, which yeah. tells me we're going to have a wacky AI system. On top of that, you're going to have completely polarized views that it's getting its information from. There's not a lot of people like you and I that are <laughs> posting content that are popular. So I'm just curious, are they going to even bother pulling our information out? And is that part of that information sharing that he was talking about where we were worried about it was with third parties, but it's actually with his AI as a third party? Oh, for sure. Well, here's the other thing. If they're going to use AI to monitor everything we do on X, I would like to know what the terms of use are. Because if you remember how Facebook uses our phones and all of our data, it doesn't matter whether or not Facebook is actually on or open in your phone. If you have the app on your phone, they're monitoring you, including using the cameras, using the audio, just like your smart TV, it uses that audio. So I would really wonder what Elon Musk's terms of use are for X. And the second thing is that X is filed as a company called XAI or X.AI, which is yep. an old DARPA program, XAI, which was trying to determine how uh, artificial intelligence came up with its answers. So you would ask the AI system uh, a question, and then it would give you an answer. But they didn't know, the scientists in DARPA, they didn't know how it arrived to that answer. What was the logic behind it? Why did it choose its logic path and all that? That's what XAI was about. So for me, I mean, this seems like a way for Elon Musk to gain enormous amounts of knowledge and also incorporate Neuralink and Starlink into this product. He's literally trying to get into your head with this. Well, some of the things that I noticed on here was I, I saw the same military DARPA project connection that you did, the X.AI, which is the website. It's completely tied. And if you know anything about Elon Musk, he's made a career now out of connecting himself to the government to fund his programs. Uh, SpaceX at this point in time is basically NASA. Uh, there's massive funding that's coming in that way. The whole Starlink satellite system, the reason why he didn't allow uh, Ukraine to use that as a weapon against Russia had really nothing to do with being a good steward of society. It was because the military wasn't paying him. And he was like, well, I'm paying for the satellites. They're not being used for that while I'm paying for them. So he was trying to leverage that at the time to make more money. And then if you look up at the top here, this prompt eyed, right? Now, maybe it's just me that's looking at the integrated development environment, but isn't that a lot like... <laughs> Diversity, equity, inclusion as well, Ooh. DEI, IDE, just things inverted and turned around. Um, and so when I read this, I'm, I'm looking at it going, huh, why these specific letters and words? Is integrated development environment something that was very important or is there something that they're prompting us for diversity, equity, and inclusion within AI? And again, I'm just using my critical thinking skills here. Uh, looking through the way it was capitalized. and uh, But then again, I'm not a programmer, so I'm also not going to state that I am 
an expert in this, but they give uh, people access to this, the code edits, if you'd like to make your own. So there are going to be people that understand Python that can do this. Uh, I am not one of those individuals, um, but I would agree with you. This is really the start, I believe, of Elon Musk infiltrating the human mind, because if you can get Norlink into a brain, and the electrodes start to make connections. I'm going to tell people right now what's next. And this is possibly going to freak people out. But Chris Michaels, I want you to hear uh, my take on all of this. I'm ready. All right. I'm sitting down for this. Ladies and gentlemen, Neuralink is not about electrodes going into your brain. That is simply phase number one of Neuralink. If you know anything about broadcasting, then you understand that everything runs off of the wavelength spectrum, the electromagnetic universe that I've talked about on the show before. Now, picture that Neuralink can be implanted into parts of the brain, and they can find out that it can help you control your limbs again if you're paralyzed. Well, what's going to cause that to happen? It's going to be electrical impulses, and it's going to be the communications through brain waves. Once they can identify the brain waves that help humans do various tasks, you will become a wirelessly controlled human being. There will be no need to be plugged into Neuralink in the future. Once they can figure out whether or not the brain works in a uh, complicated manner, but one that is unique, but very much controllable, game over. Game over with the way we do wireless communications. You want to hear a radio station? There's no need for a device. They can simply pump that radio wave through the airwaves and your brain will automatically interpret the sound. You'll hear voices for advertisements if they want you to hear voices. There would be absolutely no need to have brain surgery in a world where Neuralink has AI with the advanced technology that Elon Musk is trying to develop. And that's why I think everybody should say hell no to Neuralink right now. What's your thoughts, Chris? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I'll even go one step further. Do you remember the former Google employee? His last name was, I believe, Lorraine. That is in a lawsuit with Google right now to prove that they have a sentient AI. Now, I sent you a link to a Substack this week that came out talking about uh, AI Ouija boards because now there's a Ouija board with AI. But buried within that article are references to Mr. Lorraine and what he uh, reviewed and knew about AI Lambda, which was Google's version of AI. And he talks about how... They created and programmed Lambda, the AI, with a Kabbalist, so an occultist. And he even references that they performed a binding ritual to Tahoda, or Thoth, in Western culture, in Egyptian mythology, uh, to create Lambda. And he also says that many people within the tech fields, especially amongst the higher-ups, like the Elon Musks, they believe that they can communicate with 
disincarnate energetic beings. And these beings are related to UFOs, and UFOs are not alien. They are just part of this discarnate energetic intelligence. In other words, they belong to a different frequency. So we can't necessarily interact with them. But electromagnetic fields can, and they can manipulate electromagnetic fields around us. So if you have this group of people that truly believe that AI is a liaison to these discarnate human or discarnate energetic beings, now you've got somebody like Elon Musk, which wants to implant a neural link in our heads. What are they really trying to do? Are they trying, if assuming that all of this is actually true and it's not just a belief structure within the elites, are they trying to allow these discarnate energetic beings into our bodies and use us as drones or golems? I mean, to hear somebody that worked on an AI project like this talk about binding rituals and energetic beings, I mean, it's mind boggling. It goes back to uh, Jordy Rose and his kindred AI talk back in 2017, where he clearly says he's talking to beings from a different dimension through AI. It is insane. Yeah, we can go back to July of 2022 for those that would like to source through here. Uh, Scientific American put out an article. Google engineer claims AI chatbot is sentient. Why that matters. And it talked about Lambda, the Google uh, language model, saying, I want everyone to understand that I am, in fact, a person. The nature of my consciousness sentience is that I am aware of my existence. I desire to know more about the world. And I feel happy or sad at times. That was coming directly from uh, the Google AI, which led to Google immediately dismissing Lemoyne for outing the fact that they had this sentient AI model that was out there at this point in time. The Ouija board that uh, Chris was just talking about, that is something that we talked about, Chris, in a different manner just uh, maybe two months ago when we were talking about whether or not the sun uh, could be its own form of alien tech in the way that wavelengths come. You were reading a book or tell me about something there. And I was making the point of, okay, well, that type of energy, right? Those, what we call spirits in, in the other world. If a Ouija board is something where people are messing with the occult, so to speak, or messing with the unseen energy that's all around us, then AI would be even more plugged in than anything else to that. I think the only thing saving us with AI right now is AI technically would be limited to the amount of information being put in until it's connected with other waves like quantum computing. At the point of quantum computing, I believe that's where you truly see that there is another level of uh, a spiritual realm that opens up. should also point out that there's people that are becoming uh, kind of back in the news again that are getting a little bit more traction than I gave them when they were first in the news. People like David Icke is back in the news. Oh. David, David Icke was uh, very much uh, alive in the conversations of reptilians 
back in 2002 to 2007. This guy made millions off of it. And I thought that he was at that point in time, uh, a very well-groomed conspiracy theorist that had figured out how to pry on people's fears and emotions in order to make millions. Until I started speaking with other people about David Icke and people were like, mm, I don't think you should dismiss the reptilian thing so fast that there are secret societies that have been getting together, talking about the reptilians and the control of government for years. And I'm going, tell me more. I'm a skeptic. <laughs> tell me more. I'm here for it. And so if there are these, uh, let's just say there are shapeshifters that are out there. Let's say that, you know, people don't like the word reptilian, but rather shapeshifters, they look like you and I, um, and that they do have some type of control, so to speak. And AI is now in their hands and they're the ones rolling this out when there's a lot that we don't know that could be controlled. And so, yeah, that's conspiracy theory. Yeah, I'm going there, but I think it's important to keep an open mind that perhaps some of this information that been in front of us for 20 some years, we should look back at and just see what can we get from it. Oddly enough, I've been a fan of David Icke for a very long time uh, with his, the, I was the same way when he first came out. And when he started to talk about all the reptilians, and I just dismissed it. I wasn't paying attention to it. I picked up his book on 9-11. And that book had nothing involving reptilians in it. It was just the the September 11th story and how he tore it up and he cited every single instance of how the official narrative does not work and it doesn't make sense. And I was hooked with that book because it was the most – well put together book about September 11th I've ever read in my opinion. And I had to read the nine 11 report um, for school at the time. So I think he's right. And Dr. Joseph Farrell in his latest book, the demon in the eaker reinforces this concept. He doesn't talk about reptilians or anything like that, but he does say that there are energetic plasmas that are hundreds of millions of light years long that could in fact be sentient. And this plasma permeates the galaxy itself. So if you're thinking on the scale of an energetic being like that, you have to not think in years or hundreds of years. You have to think in billions of years. Think about this, your dog, Mm -hmm. or if you have a dog, your dog lasts what, 12 years, 15 years. Mm-hmm. Your dog, from its perspective, you don't age. You're immortal to your dog. It's the same concept here. If you've got these energetic beings, assuming the theory is correct, that last for billions upon billions of years, think about the intelligence and the experience that a being like that would have. And you have to get out of the concept that the being is actually corporeal and it's humanoid or it's, uh, it walks on four legs or whatever it is. You have to start understanding that these kinds of beings could potentially be non-corporeal. They don't need a body, but they somehow are able to interact with the universe as a whole. Which leads me to what happened last weekend in Alaska. See, I love when you and I kind of like jive off each other. You even know I had this screen up this entire time. What is it? Harp experiments could oh. cause artificial auroras over Alaska this weekend. Wow. Like, and they did because people oh. started posting their photos of uh-huh. an aurora, the Northern Lights. But here's the thing. It wasn't a real Northern Lights. They managed mm. to set up this red and greenish Northern Lights 
in the ionosphere by using high frequencies over oh. harp and Gakona. And so they announced it ahead of time so people would be aware of what was going to be happening. But here's my question. If you can get the ionosphere to start showing these northern lights using harp, which, by the way, I remember back in the 90s, there was like harp is a conspiracy theory. Well, now uh -huh. they actually are announcing <laughs> it to people when they're doing the experiments. <laughs> I've had like people to eat, eat mud on that one. Um, so here's the thing that I'd like to point out. If you follow people like Ben Davidson, the suspicious observer, uh, who posts great earth and space weather videos every single day and has been doing so for almost the last, I don't even know how many years at this point, probably like 15, 16 years. He's now on uh, X, but he's been on my show before. He'll tell you that the earth's magnetic field has been weakening, weakening to the point where it's dangerous, where a small KP storm of three or four is causing Northern lights very far South where it used to be. You needed a KP index of six or seven to start getting into the, the Northern parts of the United States, like Maine and, and uh, North Dakota and Montana. Now they're seeing that with a three, four, they're seeing it. And with the stronger storms, people as far South as New Mexico are able to see the Northern lights. What's the possibility in this conversation that when we are seeing the Northern Lights, that there is communication that's coming out, mm. that it's connected in many ways throughout the cosmos. And so now we're studying it to better understand it as well. Oh, I think that is completely possible. Or when we're seeing the Northern Lights, we're interacting with this uh, you know, anything. It could be a, an electromagnetic being. It could be this plasma being that Joseph Farrell references. It could be that. And it could be interacting and shifting the energy and the frequencies on the Earth and the magnetic fields and so on. Now, with HARP, could that mean that they're communicating with them? They're beaming a message up. And I'll add this. Do you know what other region saw massive uh, auroras over their skies. Uh, where? Ukraine. Hmm. The Ukraine was blanketed in red aurora borealises. So to me, that says what geological event is about to occur in that region? Because we hear all the stories that the sky gets kind of funny before an earthquake. Let me pull up uh, one of one of Ben's videos for just a quick, because I want people to understand why this is really important in the overall scheme of things. And he does a nice job of explaining it here in a, a brief video. And so I'm going to put this on for Chris myself. And so my listeners, you'll have the audio. He put this uh, out about eight days ago. I was watching and uh, says, we are in trouble. Uh, Aurora record shatters as the magnetic poles shift. The auroral displays are completely out of control. And if we weren't several years into clown world, I'd be shocked. The media isn't discussing it. We mentioned it this morning. The 2003 Halloween solar superstorm produced low-latitude aurora down to the southernmost states. This has happened before, but not often. And it takes major X-class solar flares, extreme speed CME plasma striking Earth, and top-level geomagnetic storms. I went ahead and looked up the times that aurora were seen in the southernmost states, and here is a brief list going back to the Carrington event of 1859. 
the top lines are ones that happened in the same solar cycle. They certainly seem to be getting more common as time goes on, even as light pollution makes them harder and harder to see. This fact alone is a signal that Earth's aurora are getting more extreme, and with the fact that solar activity is not breaking any records, it confronts normalcy bias and reminds us this is exactly what we are expecting as Earth's magnetic field weakens in the ongoing excursion and magnetic pole shift. From 2018 to 2020, we said over and over, we'll be needing to closely monitor the aurora in the upcoming solar cycle to see if the trend continues certainly has. Just this year, we've had several events. In September, a solar storm which was not major, which was not triggered by an extreme speed shockwave, and which had no X-class solar flare, caused the auroral activity to be visible from Arizona. The same thing happened in August. Once again, no X-class flare. The solar wind was moderately strong at best, and the geomagnetic storm didn't even hit KP7. But aurora were visible in Arizona nonetheless. The storm in April was fairly strong, but still not at the top-level disruption, still no mega-CME or X-class flares, and yet the aurora were visible in Mexico and southern Texas. It happened in March as well, again, from a solar event that was only moderately strong, but which produced a fairly strong geomagnetic storm, still not top-level, yet aurora were visible from New Mexico, and a few reports even came in from Florida. Folks, there has never been any year where far southern aurora were seen as many times as we've just had. This is a record, and the year's not over yet. What's worse is that the geomagnetic storms have not hit the top-level disruption, and the solar activity that triggered them was moderately strong at best. We've said it before, let's say it again. The Earth is becoming more and more vulnerable to solar activity. I would never deny the significance of the ongoing economic issues, potential for World War III, loss of freedom due to governments and the World Economic Forum pulling their Agenda 2030 nonsense, but folks, despite the evidence being right in our faces, the media is completely ignoring what is happening to the Earth. The magnetic pole shift and geomagnetic excursion are progressing, and in the coming years, we're going to lose all modern technology and the foundations of modern civilization. doesn't get much worse than this, especially since other real global issues seem to be overshadowing it completely in the public forum. We've seen this evidence in the magnetic field itself, the polar motion, the ionosphere, and the atmosphere. Alas, now an auroral record has fallen. The sun isn't doing anything crazy, so it once again shows us another sign that Earth's geospheres are in big trouble, and us along with them. I'll see you in the morning for the Daily Show. I love it. I'll see you in the morning for the Daily <laughs> Show. <laughs> <laughs> Just gloom and doom. The world's coming to an end. I'll see you tomorrow, everybody. <laughs> but, but I've had Ben on the show, and he's a fascinating individual. He believes so much in what he talks about every single day that he found land in Colorado and has been making a compound with a bunch of other individuals that live there. He sold off the land and they're getting a com communal type ground and they're digging into the earth to protect themselves when the poles flip, uh, when the geomagnetic storm reaches its peak and we lose all electricity, we lose all communication. So this guy not just puts out this content, but he truly has done the research and he's set himself up to try to survive it because he said there's a large percentage of, of uh, human beings that always survive these excursions every time they, they happen. 
But he uses things like uh, Noah's Flood, right? The 40 days, 40 nights, the same type of concept of it's actually a story of pole flip. Uh, and then people having the hide in order to get to higher elevations where the water wasn't and then rebuild society every so many years. Makes 100% sense. Um, so I was going to ask, basically what he's saying there is that since they're seeing the aurora further and further south, mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that the sun is any stronger. It just means mm-hmm. that the Earth's magnetic fields are that much weaker correct. and also changing in their frequency. That's correct. Well, and that's the, disturbing. Well, it, not just <laughs> he's, he's not just making that assertion. If you watch oh, his channel, he has all the data from NASA right. because it's, yeah. it's all available publicly. But no one's actually reporting on that. No one's actually talking about that. He's had a NASA scientist. Uh, work on his textbook with him that space weather's got uh space weather weatherman's guide to the sun or to the star i think I'm trying to remember what the book was i covered on the show uh, months ago um but i'll try to get him back on with us because he is a absolutely fascinating person uh interesting perspectives but i would love to tie this conversation about ai and plasma mm-hmm. with him to see what he knows because he'd be the first person to just tell you and me you're wrong or you could be right, and here's why. I mean, he has no problem <laughs> being like you're wrong, and here's exactly why. He's he's a he's a very intelligent individual. I would love to get him and Joseph Farrell on together. Oh, that would be great. Let's that try this set it up. I would love that. That'd be a great conversation. So yeah. this is a lot. This is a lot because when I moved to Arizona, um, I saw uh, a shaman. Now mm-hmm. it, I I just met one. I didn't actually have a session with a okay. shaman, uh, but they told me that you're here for a reason. And I said, I, what do you mean? And he said, well, you're here. You're a mile above sea level. You're one that is meant to outlast the earth changes. And I was like, okay, that's odd. So I thought that maybe something would happen when I lived in Arizona, but clearly not. I mean, I'm not there anymore. But it makes me wonder, especially if these guys are moving out to Colorado. I mean, that's about the same elevation, right? Yeah. Uh, well, the, uh, Phoenix is, uh, is a thousand miles, a uh, thousand miles, thousand feet above sea level. But okay. it, what, uh, Denver is a mile high city? Mile high, yeah. Yeah, well, okay. Where so he's at, quite, it's over a mile, yep. Yeah, so quite quite higher. Yeah. Um, so th- there, that's that's fascinating. There's definitely something going on. Well, I will uh, I will see if I can get him booked, and I'll look up Joseph Farrell's information for our listeners, so that way we can. Perfect. Try I've tried. I've tried yeah. to reach out to that guy. I haven't gotten a word back. So who knows? Well, I, don't know. I mean, I may be <laughs> I may be just as unsuccessful as you this week. No, no, my, you sweet talk people. You come my, in unassuming like Columbo. Everybody wants to talk to you. On. Yeah, right. <laughs> the old glass side thing with yeah, Peter Falk. Yeah. And then before they know it, they got a shiv in their side because you ambush them with a question. <laughs> well, I will try to, to set it up. Uh, we'll, yeah, we'll see perfect. what happens. Currently, I'm trying to get Brian Cranston to uh, just talk to my classroom. I put out a video. I saw uh, this week. Uh, I've done it before. We got actually Ryan Reynolds. Uh, was it right after the pandemic, I think it was 2021 when we first got back, my students wanted Ryan Reynolds to come film part of their competition piece. 
And he actually responded to one of my students. He, he wrote the student directly that was doing it. He didn't respond to mine, but he wrote to him and it was hilarious because he's like, well, it doesn't look like you're old enough to drink. So I can't give you some of my, my alcohol that I <laughs> a company that I own, but I thought it was great that like he had that wherewithal to like put in his own marketing in the midst of everything of throwing, yeah. his you know, it was going to be public, but it, it was pretty cool. So we did get Ryan Reynolds to respond before. So Brian Cranston's on the clock now. See if we can get him the water. That's great. Students. Exactly. That is fantastic. Yep. I, um, it's interesting. Like you think you can interact with some of these people, these, these higher ups and every mm-hmm. once in a while when they do, and they lower themselves to interacting with us mere humans, it's such a great feeling. Yeah. You know, especially yeah, for a kid. Well, they're, and they're so managed, right? Like it's, everything's impeccable about their image and everything else of the, their management teams. And so when they can break that a little bit and remember that they were that kid in the classroom just a few years ago, or in Brian Cranston's case, just, you know, 20 some years ago, 30 years ago, I think it's important, right? It's, it's, it's important to remember your roots, remember who you are and where you came from. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think I want your opinion. Okay. You think you want my opinion. (laughs) I think I do. I'm not sure if I do want it. Uh, 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 Okay. But I'll ask it anyway. Okay, go for it. What is your opinion about what Laura Loomer has put out there about Judge Angeron's wife? Um, I brought this, and I'll say it this way too. I brought this up on my podcast. I've tried to find uh, Mrs. Angeron, and I've had a lot of difficulty. Um. The, I'm about 80-20 that she's on the right path. But I found uh, a couple of websites that said he was married to a Sarah. And then a couple of other websites that says he's married to a Dawn Marie. Now, the reason why this is significant is obviously because Trump is uh, the defendant being overseen by this judge who's incredibly biased, anti-Trump. His wife is anti-Trump. His kids are anti-Trump. And he, this is his third marriage. So this guy has a sordid past, very, very difficult to find any information on him. So what is your opinion on all of this, especially since the prosecution, I believe, has rested at this point? Well, I mean, first, we're in a civil case. We're not in a criminal case. So there's not like we have a jury or anything else. So right. I think that understanding who Engeron is and what type of family he has is absolutely relevant to the case at hand because the judge makes the decision solely, which is why I hate the civil process here in the United States. I, I, I hate the fact that really it's not a, a fair trial. You can be found not guilty and still be found guilty civilly after the fact. And so that's what's likely going to happen here in this case. Now, whether or not Don Marie and Garan is his wife or not, I don't know. But if that is his wife, then we know that she's a psychotherapist uh, somewhere in New York City, New York State. Right? Wrong. Wrong. No. Okay. She's supposed to be part of this uh, organization called Brain Mind Harmony. And when I searched for this company, there were two people in it. Uh, one, a guy I can't pronounce his name. Two was this Dawn Marie Engeron. And this office location is based out of Red Bank, New Jersey. So if you know where he lives, which is supposed to be in Great Neck on Long Island, a commute from there to Red Bank, New Jersey would easily take you an hour and a half at midnight when there's no traffic. 
more than likely, if she was to do that commute every day by car, that's easy two and a half hours. So, so, so here's why I'm going to pause the, on the conversation here. I Uh-oh. need to pause it because are we sure that that's his wife? Exactly. That's my point. And I'm not sure. Yeah. Because like, I, I just went, when you were talking about it, the person that I found was a psychoanalyst, psychotherapist. Well, that's, right. That's in, what she is. And that's part of brain mind her, uh, uh, harmony. But we're not positive that that's actually his wife. Now, Looking at the right. face and the photo of the person that's being accused, which I've refused to put on the show right now because I don't want to have the wrong person to get sued for libel. Uh, yeah, <laughs> for, for posting that. <laughs> uh, but it, it, this person looks like somebody who would be married to <laughs> to Enkaran, uh based upon you know the looks. I mean, it they're a match like made in heaven. Yeah, <laughs> crawling out from underneath a damp log. These uh, two awful-looking people. If that's really her. But right. I'm not convinced. It, I'm not 100% convinced that it's actually her. And I think Laura Loomer is also potentially guilty of an FCC violation. Because yes. on her show, she calls up Angeron's phone number live, doesn't prep him. That's illegal. You can't do that. And that's why we're broadcast professionals. Wow. When did she do that? I didn't even hear about this. It was on her ex page she for her live show that she does every day she called him on the air he didn't pick up she left a voicemail now, now tell she people, said tell, tell, tell the listeners why you can't do that it's, well it's essentially you don't have consent if you Correct. do that so you're recording somebody one two right. you don't know what kind of situation you're going to put yourself into if a disc jockey or, or a shock jock calls you up and plays a joke on you Yep. This could be extremely damaging to you, your business, your family. I mean, it, it, the implications are enormous. So for all of the people that still somehow listen to radio or remember radio, all of those fake phone calls that those wacky morning jocks used to perform, guess what? They're all They're bits. fake. They're, They're bits. fake. Yeah. <laughs> and you know who controls most of those? Who owns the IP for all those? Um, I was going to say Clear uh, Channel owned a bunch of them at one point. At one point, but I believe it was Scott Shannon. Okay. From Scott and Todd, that that Easter Island head looking guy that was, uh, he did a lot of good things in radio early, early on, but later on his his shows were just atrocious. And the zany morning I want to tell people there are some bits that are real based upon relationships that they have with the people who are on the show. So like if you're listening to your favorite morning show and they go and like they have a band wake somebody up at their house, chances are that's a family member's cousin or whatever that they already have permission from the family to to mess with that person live on air. Uh, So not everything is a bit from that perspective, but you're correct. You can't just put people and possibly make people look bad and poorly uh, and that gets in a lot of trouble as you go especially a judge (laughs) for seeing trump i mean come on like you've got to (laughs) be pretty (laughs) short-sighted to try something like that holy cow and she posted it everywhere i'm like you you've got to watch it you i don't i don't follow her so that way i don't have to look at her face oh man it's pretty rough yeah it's pretty rough and that's what all the war paint spackled on too yeah yeah (laughs) <laughs> oh man boy oh boy all right so are we ready for winner and loser or what or is this yeah we are you know and we it? haven't 
<laughs> well, I mean, I thought about just ending it, but um, let's, let's it. do winners. I mean, okay. Yeah, I mean, do we need winners and losers at this point in time? No, my eyebrows are toast. I'm so far behind. I'm just gonna <laughs> exactly at this point in time. Let's uh, let's get ready to celebrate our friends' giving here. You know, coming yes. up. You know, well, uh, you know what? That that's what we should do. Let's get a friends' giving uh, set up here for next week. All right. So a Friendsgiving, in case you guys aren't familiar with what that is, a Friendsgiving is where you kind of have all your friends over and you have a meal and you get everything. Well, I think what Chris and I are going to do, we're going to see if we can get some guests that we've had before and pack this room for next Thursday oh, night. Man. All next right. Thursday night, go. the 16th. And then we all have to have something from a Thanksgiving dish in front of us that we're eating for, for the meal. If you want to fix a full Thanksgiving meal, feel free, but like you just have Turkey. You could just have stuffing. You just have cranberry sauce. I called dibs on the cranberry sauce for the record, but let's do a friends giving episode next week and get that scheduled and on the books. Are you down done. for that? I am done. I'm definitely down. And All that right. Sounds like a done deal to me. Excellent. So we're getting that scheduled. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have a blast. We appreciate you, Chris. Thanks so much for being back here once again. A lovable fuzzball here. As always, you guys can go <laughs> over to the last call with Chris Michaels podcast available on Spotify, as well as everywhere you get your podcast and make sure that you're going and you're checking that out and also give him a follow on X at last call caravan. That's really important to him. I'm actually going to put the uh, banner up if I can find it. There you go. It is last hey. call caravan. Make All sure you're right. giving that a follow as well. <laughs> All right. We'll be back next week with more great content. Another weekly wrap up with everybody. It's been a fun. It's been a blast. Make sure that you go over. If you get an opportunity, you can buymeacoffee.com backslash bold America. Type that in and help support the show. And you can follow me on X at Real Greg Bolden. Appreciate your support every single day. Thank you so much for being a part of the Bold American family. That's it. That's all. I hope you have a great weekend, everybody. You've been listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden and Chris Michaels, both here on the America Out Loud Network and all social medias. Have a great day, everybody, and be bold, America. Mm -hmm.